Well, I'll tell you, we're missing out. We are, you and I are not hot girls in the fishing world, and that's the missing part of our marketing. We need well, to look, yeah. you, you need to look better in a bikini, John. <laughs> I don't have the rest. I mean, it looks like I'm wearing a mohair undershirt. I'm glad something. we had this talk. All right, let's make a podcast, John. All right, let's do it. Right. <laughs> Begin PodFix Network transmission in three, two, one. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing and eating fish. It's always funny, usually interesting, and mostly Trump Clay Groves, chief executive fish nerd, licensed fishing guide, and your best friend, joined by John King, the crappie hippie. Hello, everybody. John King, the crappie hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas and founder of Glasswater Angling Lead-Free Fishing here joining Clay tonight on the Fish Nerds. What are we going to do tonight, my friend? Man, I am so happy to be here. I almost didn't get to make the show with you tonight. I had big plans for a celebrity fishing trip. I'll talk about that later. Um, So, you know, you planned the show, but here's what's happening. We're going to do some fish in the news. You're bringing back a segment for Lure Love. We're going to talk about Z-Man Bates. Uh, Anna, Anna on ice joining us this week. And we're going to talk about a big event in November called national podcast posting month. Napod Pomo. We'll talk about that in this show. And you know what, John, other things are going to happen too. We just don't know what they are. No, we never know. We never know. We never know. Yeah. But I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're here, John, carrying the, the fish nerds torch, keeping me going every week. Appreciate you. Well, you're not as glad as I am. I'm sure as heck glad to be here. We've been going through a lot, and uh, the fact that I'm still standing and able to do this right now is no small miracle. No small miracle, yeah. But we have a lot of kind of fun stuff to look forward to with the podcast. There's, we're going to have some interesting guests coming on in the future. John, I am going to be fishing with a TV legend. Oh, yeah? Well, let's hear about this TV legend. All right, so, so uh, some listeners... Especially if they're if they're children of the seventies, eighties, nineties, TV will know exactly who this person is. John Davidson is the guy's name, and you and you oh, know John. I do know John. I used to watch the Carol Burnett show and Love American Style and Johnny Carson and all this. Oh yeah, he was a he's a seventies TV fixture. I mean, total legend. Total legend. He has the the record for the most times ever as a guest on the Tonight Show. He was as a kid. I knew him from the TV show That's Incredible and Hollywood Squares. And he, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he lives up here in New Hampshire in a town called Sandwich, which is just about half an hour from me. And he owns a club there called Club Sandwich. And he puts on a one-man show there twice a week. It's in a barn with 45 love seats in it. It is the best 90 minutes of entertainment I've ever had. It's so good. That sounds awesome. It's so good. So anyway, he's coming on my boat next week, uh, a week from today. We were supposed to go tonight, but it's raining, uh, to go trout and salmon fishing. Uh, on the boat with me will be George Cleveland, who is the grandson of Grover Cleveland, Grover Cleveland, the former president, who grew up in Tamworth, New Hampshire, just one town over from me. And then joined by him will be a guy named Kimball Packard, who in the 80s was a huge rock music promoter, so knew all the big bands in the 80s and stuff. So we have these kind of like, like kind of guys who know things and storytellers on my boat who want to go salmon fishing with me. So it's going to be interesting. And I even invited Rich Collins. Oh, all right. <laughs> We haven't heard from him in a long time in the podcast. It'd be good to get his well, voice on there as well. So, 
Well, it'd be great to hear Rich on the pod. And yeah, yeah you got to mix in some character in there, a little bit of spice into the mix there to keep it uh, keep it unpredictable. Yeah, and who knows what I'll get. I'll be bringing my recording stuff. It could be a dud or it could be gold. I'm hoping for some gold. Uh, and uh, you know, John Davidson is no joke as an um, entertainer, so it should be really good. I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's hope, you know, what I think you're going to get is a big haystack of stuff and you're going to pull out some really tasty bits for us. Well, with any luck, I'll have a lot that I can pull out and put over a series of episodes so it doesn't have to be like the John Davidson day. It can be just a little, here's another taste, you know. Yeah. So oh, yeah. We'll see what we get. We don't know until we get it. You know, that's the thing about field recording is you don't know. I'm not planning anything. I'm going to just record stuff. So, <laughs> and if we catch fish, even better. All right. Even better. All right. How you been, John? Busy yeah. and going nuts and lots of personal stuff here and there, but mostly just busy with glass water and um, keeping my place uh, livable around here with the outdoor chores. We are finally out of the heat wave days, but we still aren't getting any rain, which leaves me having to water, water, water. And I, anyway, it's, it's, Nice to have it not just be 105 degrees, but the fact that we like got all worked up for a storm. We had our first, I want to talk about climate change. This is Kansas. We had our, which is like thunderstorm land, and we didn't have a thunderstorm this summer until two days ago. With only four days of summer left to go, uh. we finally had a little thunderstorm that dropped about a tenth of an inch of rain, and that was it. Wow. Well, we got two inches of rain today, John. There are two to come in tomorrow, and we've had the in here in New Hampshire, the most rain we've ever had, so... It's well, bad. that's just it. We all say the same thing. I wish you could share. I wish you could put it in a bottle and send it to me. I mean, but I can I really, send you really a bottle, could. but it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> so. All right, John, why don't we get into the news? What do you think? I love fishing the news. Blue button. Nope. Red, yeah, orange button. It's orange. All right. I'm going to leave with a kind of a terrifying story, John. And and all I really have, I had is a headline here for you. It's a, a woman loses all four limbs after eating undercooked fish. And that's a yes. nightmare. Yeah. It's a bizarre but true story reported by uh, Klondike 5 out in Washington State. KL5 is the station. Um, but it, it really happened. And what happened was this woman uh, cooked tilapia. And, right. and it wasn't cooked well. She, she undercooked it, and she got a bacterial infection. And I, it wasn't flesh-eating virus. They didn't call it that in the story. There's no words in the story. It's a video I had to watch, so I had to kind of decipher what they were talking about. But she ate this thing, and then her she got well, really, I, really sick. Go ahead. I Well, I'm sorry I had to interrupt. But I, I, I came on the same story, and I was worried that you'd have this story. Yep. Figured you'd probably end up putting it on the news at the radio station. So no, not the not the not the not the not the tilapia. There's like 20 different outlets that have this. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. there there's I got this one's the independent. We like the independent. Yeah. Quite a bit, but still, it's just the same stuff over and over again. Forty-year-old woman in California recently developed a bacterial infection mm-hmm. and had to have all her limbs amputated. Oh, it's a nightmare. Oh, it's a nightmare, and. I oh this poor lady uh her name is Laura Baroff yes that's and the one. she uh, was hospitalized over a month over this fish that she bought yeah um, terrible just and and they don't fish or something on the fish or I mean, vibrio uh huh 
Go ahead. Vibrio what? <laughs> yeah, maybe the water the fish was in that was still yeah left bacteria on the outside. Well, the the name of if you, we 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 got to get nerdy, bro. We got to get nerdy. The right, name of the, the bacteria was Vibrio volanificus. Yes, Vibrio volanificus. There it is. You said it. Okay. You win. Sounds scary. Yeah. Settle down. Uh, settle down. Settle down. Center right. for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Uh, on September 1st, they released a health fire uh, advisory warning the public about vibrio infections uh, that are associated with warm coastal waters. Um, it's a con these infections are commonly fatal. About 20% of people who develop them die. Some days, sometimes within a couple of days, uh, they almost always need intensive care and amputation or to have, you know, dead tissue removed. Uh, other people just get sick as hell and, and manage to pull through it. It's uh, so, yeah, but, but one five develops enormous complications. Uh, uh, you know, there's a couple hundred cases of this a year, so it's, it's real and uh, you've got to be very careful about it. Um, and then they go in through a bunch of things, you know, make sure you cook your oysters for this much time, 375 degrees, uh, or boiled for three minutes or, or baked in 450 for 10 minutes anyway they've got all kinds of guidelines so that you won't run afoul of this uh, but the main thing is yes the the trendy you know leave the fish rare or al dente uh, not al dente but what am i trying to say you know how you leave two medium of a little, medium rare. little pink streak yeah. yeah i'm in there a little salmon with that well fish caught from you know certain waters that you're not at um you know a uh, uh, risk level but when you get these warmer water fish and any fish i'd buy at a market i would cook the living heck out of it you know what i'm talking about yeah i kind of I mean, do i, just, I mean i don't no. want to dry them out there's a balance you gotta cook them well enough right right yeah. it's, it's the same thing like with salmonella or something i mean salmonella can just blow your kidneys right out your back but you know <laughs> you can uh, avoid it even though it's rather common you can avoid it just by using good kitchen sanitation and cooking yeah. food to a proper temperature so well they're saying you can get this bacteria from this from, that this woman had even from swimming you got like a fresh tattoo or open wound you can still catch that bacteria exactly exactly and uh, yeah that fresh tattoo of john davidson you're planning on getting maybe yep. don't go swimming for a while yeah i'm gonna get a john davidson tattoo on my face only i'll have better hair once once i get that he's got great hair so, yes, he always, yeah. he's always had great hair. Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, not a blessing that's shared uh, <laughs> no. over here, but uh, that's all right. Somebody, yeah. somebody's got to be be uh, handsome and talented, and and then there's the rest of us. There's the rest of us. So anyway, it's incredibly scary news that you can die from eating undercooked tilapia. Which, by the way, John, if you had to like, if you let's say you were going to die from eating a fish, but you had to eat the fish, right? So no matter what, or don't no, let's say you had to get. I'm, I'm going to put a scenario, okay? I'm going to tell you that you have to eat a fish, and that fish is going to cause you to have all four of your limbs amputated. You have no choice. You have to eat the fish. Would you choose tilapia? And wait, the scenario is I have to eat some sort of fish? Yeah, and no matter what one you eat, it's going to result in all four of your, losing all four of your limbs. So, you, but you still have to eat a fish. <laughs> Which fish do you choose? <laughs> what kind of movies do you watch, bro? I'm I mean, just saying, you've got to make man. a choice. But listen, it, well, could, it's not going to be tilapia. It's such a yeah, it wouldn't be tilapia, that's for sure. I mean, it's such a it's such a um, small plus side on that. Well, I'm gonna lose all my limbs, but at least I get to eat a nice rare piece of you know yellowtail. You know, it's yeah. like is that your choice? I 
It'd be, it'd be something super fancy like yellowtail, or it would just be some good fried crappie. Yeah, fried crappie's good. I'd go for a big giant seafood boil. Right, that takes a long time to eat, so I can prolong the losing my limbs as long as I can. So <laughs> oh, I thought you said it was inevitable, no matter what I did. Yeah, uh, but but it's not until you're done eating. So oh, I see. You get I see. To eat right. that meal first. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. so, yeah. So they we'll just set the whole the whole stock pot full of uh, seafood boil down in front of you and see how how yeah. long you last. Could take days. Could take days. Could John. Take days. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So uh, another one, and this uh, came up uh, on my local News 9 up here in New Hampshire, but it actually happened. Uh, it, it happened. It, well, let me get into it. The, the, <laughs> the, an angelfish got a CT scan. That's the story. It, had to, it happened from the Denver Zoo, right? An angelfish that was found one day had a funny float. Buoyancy was all crazy, um, but it got... Out of the zoo, out of the zoo, and had to get a CT scan, which is kind of crazy that there it was noticed by a zookeeper who noticed it swimming kind of crazy, and it took place uh, in a machine big enough to fit a 700-pound grizzly bear. So it really took a lot of work to get that little tiny angelfish into the CT scan, and they had to ask him, "Do you have any piercings?" <laughs> <laughs> We're like looking for fish hooks and stuff. <laughs> but he's only seven inches tall. They had to sedate him. And do you no. know? Do you know how they sedate a fish? I I wouldn't dare to venture a guess. I have a lot of ideas on maybe, but no, I don't know how they sedate. A I fish. don't know how they do this one, but I used to do. We we used to do fish sampling. We would sedate the fish, and we would take Alka Seltzer tablets and put them in the water, and put the fish in the water with the Alka Seltzer, and that carbon dioxide would put the fish to sleep so you could handle it. And then you drop it in the highly oxidized water later, later, and it swipe, comes back to life and it's fine. Wow, well, that's how that's we did it. Um, but hmm. who knows how they did it. But they had to take the seven-inch fish, and they had to get a sponge that kind of bent it like a taco shell. <laughs> and then people had to pour water over its gills so to keep it alive while they did the CT scan. All this for a little seven-inch angelfish. They must really like this fish. But if you go- if you Google this, you can see these images of the fish, and they're spectacular. Yes. There's, they look they look almost pretend. But you can see the fish and all this nice-looking um, bones, you can see all its guts and stuff in the CT scan. And the diagnosis, guess what? What? Gas. Just gas. <laughs> it just had gas. to fart. Yeah, it just had to fart. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it had, uh, no, the diagnosis was, in fact, too much gas, enteritis, or inflamed intestines, had to result in increased internal gas that was affecting the fish's buoyancy. So they gave it some <laughs> antibiotics. The fish farted, and it's just fine now. That's actually true. <laughs> that's that's the truth. Well, just the bad gas. thing about well, <laughs> the bad thing about this story is I can totally identify with that fish. I mean, I I swear I've never had to have a CT scan over it, but uh, <laughs> not over your gas. We all know a good release every now and then can just set you right back on your feet. John, nice John you're walking a little funny there. Let's get you a CT scan. <laughs> I'm gonna sit you in a sponge and pour some water in your gills, and we're gonna check you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But good news for that Denver Zoo angelfish. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's funny. Catching a fish causes a lot of stress. You'd think yes. putting it in a CT scan would have the same problem. Well, clearly they were doing all they could. I think anybody that's going to have a CT scan is going to be under stress, and they were doing all they could to uh, minimize, you know, keep it alive, keep it, you know, relieve it of the stress and so forth. But, uh, hey, you know, they wanted to find out what was going on, and it's crazy that uh, – 
it was something you know simple you but you never never know yeah and i would i do want to sidebar now john into a different part of the news world which is the tiktok world i don't have a tiktok sound or anything but this is this is news to me that there are tiktok challenges with fishing which i kind of fun to watch and i found a tiktok challenge that was the stupidest one i've ever found and it's, okay. it's a TikTok Walmart fishing challenge. And I'm going to give you the premise, and you can tell me what's wrong with it. So uh, if you go on the TikToks, you can watch these kids. They look like a bunch of like 20-year-olds, a bunch of rich, white 20-year-olds going into Walmart, and they're going, we're doing the Walmart fishing challenge, and we're going to see if we can catch any fish and only spend 25 bucks. That's the challenge. And what, challenge, what's, huh? what's wrong with the challenge? Uh, too easy. Yeah, Twenty five bucks at Walmart. You can yeah. buy whatever you want. Like right. Like I mean, do they have to buy a pole and everything, or just no? Lure? Just 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 ta- terminal tackle. Oh man! I'm like, there's no. What's, where's the challenge? Like if it was yeah, like a that, six dollar challenge, a four dollar challenge, or you know, like. But to well, me, you got to go into Walmart, but you can only go into housewares. Oh, even better! Yeah, you must buy a spoon. Yeah, you got to buy a real spoon, or, or just roll a tin foil. Or I something. love that. Yeah. Or or just into the arts and crafts section. Exactly. I like that. That's a real challenge. But these kids are choosing the easy one, and their videos are getting millions of views, and lots of people go, wow, that's amazing. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I do the Walmart challenge every time I go in there, if that's true. Like, can, yeah, I, get, right. can I please spend less than $25? <laughs> it's always, yeah. the, always the goal. But anyway, it's, I just wanted to get that off my chest, John. It was bothering me. I wanted to say it out loud, use my platform, and say it. You've so. got your platform now. We can give a big collective... Sigh of relief. Here we go. <sighs> All right, that's fishing yeah. news. All right. <laughs> hey man, guess who I ran into the other day? Uh Stephen King. Wasn't Stephen King. Barack Almost. Obama. No, getting closer though. Uh uh Kathy King. Oh, I run into her every day on the way to the bathroom. Um <laughs> Tim, tackle box beat, and guess what? We He's not did dead. Up. He is not dead. Wow. He is alive and well and doing his thing, but he took some time out from his busy schedule because he and I both love Z-Man baits, and Z-Man brought out micro finesse baits earlier they, this year. Really? And Yeah, finally covering Ooh. the pan fishers. They finally gave us some baits, and here we got for you a little review of these baits. I can't get enough. Got a space in my tackle box. Just got to fill it up. Lure love. I can't ever stop. Don't got a basement. Got an underground tackle shop. All right. I am so excited to have in the studio tonight. My good buddy, my former podcast pod bro, Tim Tacklebox Beat. And what are we going to talk about tonight, Tim? Well, John, remember when Z-Man sent us that those Elastec soft baits and we just went crazy for them because the things are super stretchy, they're durable, and we love testing them. But we kept saying, when are you going to come out with panfish baits? Because you and I were actually taking our our fly scissors and cutting these things up, trying to make pan fish baits. Well, what we're going to talk about is Z-Man came out with a bunch of micro finesse soft baits and they are amazing. 
They are absolutely amazing. There's a couple, I don't know, I have some small critiques, but I'll tell you, they are fantastic baits, and I had enormous, enormous success with them the spring and all summer long. Yeah, they're great. It's kind of like that Rick Moranis movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, except with soft baits, which makes it a much better plot because who cares if the shrunken kids get back in the house? I care about whether I get a monster panfish in my net, and these are the things. They they really are. There are some great designs, and of course, yeah, there's some some downsized from the from the big baits. Uh, and and you know, one thing you didn't mention about Z-Man being that elastomer, the that silicone based plastic, they float. So you you just get a great fall out of these baits. I only got to try a couple because unfortunately Z-Man hasn't caught up with me yet or has forgotten me or I don't really know what's going on, but I actually had to buy these, but that's okay. It's, 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 it's worth every penny. I bought the, the Stinger Z and the Shad Fry Z, both, both good looking baits. Yeah, these are really great. And what's interesting, John, is most of these are their larger baits and they just created miniature versions of them. So they have the mini TRD and these are all between like one and three quarters and two inches long. There's um, a mini tickler Z, which is like a TRD with four legs on it. There's a mini stinger Z, 10 different colors for most of them, including purple death, napalm, electric chicken, and space guppy. Space guppy. And as you said, it's only five bucks for an eight pack. But the thing that I'm amazed at is just like the bigger ones, these things last forever. I fished for an entire day with one bait on there. And so you fish with plastisol baits, and a lot of times the fish either bite them in half or they pull them right off. But these things just really stay on your, your jig head. Oh, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. And I like to use, you know me, I like to use a, a uh, no-collar jig. So I just take a little dab, dab of glue and keep them in place that way. But you put them on anything with a keeper and they are going to just stay there and stay there and stay there. Yeah. And and one of the things I don't like these because they're not lead free, but they have that welded on keeper hook. It's a, it's a little barb that comes in and between the elastic and that, when you get one of these things on, you cannot pull it off. It's almost like doing super glue with a regular jig. And they're not too bad. They're the, their jigs are, are size uh, four and six hooks which I don't mind too much. I mean, it's a little bit big for some, um, depending on the size of the panfish that you're uh, you're catching. Um, but they do have them in sizes from a 10th ounce to a 30th ounce. And that's, uh, that's dynamite for me. I mean, when you're dealing with that small and you put one on, they really suspend. I mean, these things really sink very, very slowly, which you and I both like. It's If the fish are suspended, this is just going to sit right in the middle of them. Exactly. I mean... I think their keeper system is better than the glue. I mean, it, it lasts long. I mean, you literally, you know, you cannot get it off there very easily at all. The panfish cannot pull it off of theirs with the, with the keeper. I'm using 64th ounce, 32nd ounce, casting it with a real light braid or a real light mono. The descent is so slow and so sexy. I mean, really, I, I'm not telling stories. I literally, the first time I put on that Stinger Z, I went 30 fish, nice bluegills. I mean, 30 fish and 30 casts. I mean, either I got a hit or a hookup. I went a long ways with getting a strike on every cast, literally. I mean, yeah, I know you hear a lot of that, but this is no lie. I mean, it's, it's the way it was. Yeah, they have great action. And part of that's because the tails of some of these baits are super thin. If they were plastisol, you would lose it every bite. 
But in, now and then you get one of these nipped off. But because they stretch so much, if a panfish just takes that tail, just the end of the tail, and you set the hook, most of the time it doesn't break. Now and then it does. But with uh, with some of these, you don't see, you know, there's not many teeth marks or um, or anything in them. And uh, I'm fishing ultralight like you are, John. I'm using a St. Croix light rod with an ultralight Fluger President reel. And this year, I started to use six-pound braid with no leader. Cast like a dream. It's beautiful. Matter of fact, I have actually fished these with a very small hook and no jig head. And it's a topwater bait. It's a soft topwater bait. And I tell you what, the bass go crazy. If you take a small hook and you just nose hook, like a small mi- mosquito hook right through the front of it, it's beautiful. It's it's almost like fly fishing. You got me wondering right there. You you read my mind. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just throw one out on my fly rod then because uh, you, you've been up to those tricks before with their bigger baits. So I'm not surprised that uh, you decided to run one on the surface. But I'll tell you, yeah, that's my only complaint with these two. I mean, the Stinger Z has a little tiny thin tail and it's got a little ball in that tail to keep it floating and in line with the rest of the bait. You might lose that tail. Some, I lost one like five fish in, a dozen fish in. But I said in the last episode, I don't think I've ever retired a Z-Man bait completely. And John, what about when you're fishing it with that thin tail? What about the action on that tail? Is that crazy? Oh, it's insane. That's why. That's probably why it's more painful when you lose it because you just love the action on that tail. and. It is like you say, if it was plastic, all be gone on the first fish. It would just be gone. I mean, this is a thin tail, folks. Both on the, the shad fry. The shad fry is a little has a little micro paddle on it. It gives it a super tight little action. It is so cool. And then the stinger has a nice drifting, just kind of side to side. It's just beautiful because when you look at the profile on the stinger Z, you think it's kind of like a flat, like a pumpkin seed or something like that. But when you you see it in your hand. No, they're chubby little, chubby little base. They got little eyes on them and the whole bit. And it's that chubby factor. We're going to call it the chubby factor uh, that makes it just drop so incredibly slow when you're on a 164th, 132nd type situation. The fish go absolutely bonkers. I can't wait to basically try them all because you sent me a link to a couple new ones that they've come out with. One is called the, oh, the baby baller, the baby baller Z which is kind of like, well, it's, I think it's like what they call a Jake or a, or a, just a ballsy or, or, but it's a little minnow shape with the little knob on the, on the end of the, the tail, classic design tails, a little thicker, but the one that's really got me just completely buzzed is the micro goat because the Z-Man goat is right after the slim swim is my favorite design from them. And to have a tiny, tiny one like that, that's just out of sight. Yeah. They, they really are incredible. I can't wait to fish those to and what what do you think john i think these are going to revolutionize um ice fishing because they don't get stiff they have such subtle action to them i think these are going to be some of the best ice fishing baits around i think you're absolutely right they are going to be one of the best ice fishing baits around and because they are so responsive uh, the cold water is is not going to slow them down and yeah the other thing i found is um i fished the trd a lot and they have one in smelt it's a great color and normally, you know, people, you're, you're hopping a TRD along the bottom. When the river is, I swim it and it has no tail to it, but with that smelt color, it just looks like a little tiny bait fish. You know, it's only, um, it's only a couple inches long, but it is just a killer. So you can swim it because it's so buoyant 
when you bring it in, it has good action to it, but then it goes to the bottom and then the tail sticks up. So these are just very versatile baits. And I have caught a lot of small fish on them, you know, panfish. I've also hooked into some very aggressive, large bass that just think these things are are beautiful to eat. So it's kind of an all around uh, bait. If you're fishing small creeks, this is, you got to get these. This is great for small creek fishing. Oh yeah, it, it, they gotta be, gotta be. In fact, I was going to, you know, I'm the one caught some small bass on them, but you, you caught a couple of honkers. I mean, you had one like three, four pounds that took you for a ride on your ultralight, uh, fishing the TRD. They really kind of get this because the shape of these baits is also something you're not going to see in plastisol. There's not a baller Z out there because they're really using the, um, the elastic material to do things you can't in plastisol. So like the shad fry Z. It has a little tail on it, but it is those grooves to make that tail as flexible as possible. If that was plastisol, you'd have one bite and that would be gone. But like you said, you may go 15 fish before that gets pulled off, if it does at all. And things like the, the TRD, it's thick enough. There's no chance a fish is going to bite that in half. I mean, because you can stretch the thing probably 12 inches without it breaking. If, if it does get bit off, it still works really well. And I've got three or four of them sitting here on the bench because I intend to Take a little bit of marabou, a little bit of crystal, maybe a little bit of flash boo, something. So I'm going to add back a tail uh, to these. But I fish them without the, without the tail. They're still great. And yeah, that articulation on the Shad Fry Z. Well, listen, we, we're, we're just going on and on and on. Folks, get yourself some of these Z-Man micro finesse baits. They're a whole lot of fun. You're going to enjoy them on the soft water. You're going to enjoy them on the hard water. They are great for bluegill, great for crappie, great, I'm sure, for yellow perch. I can't wait to get up and try them on that. Get some, get some. You know, we we, we, we like our Z-Man, and we like them for a reason. Yeah. And they these are, I will give five out of five on most of them and maybe a 4.9 on the Stinger. If they would just take it up just maybe a couple a millimeter or so on that tail, but Hey, Z-Man, I, I just got to, I got to at least give the appearance of fairness, but yeah. I, I still, I still haven't, <laughs> I still haven't retired a Z-Man bait because I, I've, I keep the ones I keep them around anyway, because I'll just keep fishing the shad fryer. I'll just keep fishing the stinger. And I, I intend to uh, pull some of Jimmy Lee's tricks and pull some feathers through it or tie some feathers on it or something and, and, uh, or, or some sort of other material and, uh, use that body that floating body that just i get that slow descent i'm i will be catching 100 fish a bait no problem and if listeners aren't familiar with z-man and elastic if you're someone like todd career where you're doing saltwater, they have a seven inch swim bait that is just a monster and it's beautiful the action that has with it so they have some saltwater baits uh too so they now they have all sizes from these micro finesse baits right up to saltwater baits and everything in between. Absolutely. Absolutely. Congratulations, Z-Man. You did it. You finally and send us got more samples. Send we us want more, more samples. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Send us more samples because we're a couple of panfish freaks and we are glad you've reached out to this customer profile because we've been waiting for it and we sure appreciate you coming out with them because as usual, your designs are out of this world and we can't get enough. All right. Well, listen, that's our report on Z-Man. Anything else you want to tell the crowd what's going on with the tackle or anything cool going on in your life as far as making some good picks, some good finds? Some yeah, I, I have bought two two old bit two old baits I'll talk to you about. One of them is made by the Reynolds Company, the aluminum foil company, and it's an all aluminum jig. And it, this is from a lot. This is probably from, I think, maybe like the 50s or 60s. Pretty cool. And then I also just bought a war bug, which is a jitter bug 
from World War II with a plastic lip because they were using all the metal for the war effort. So they couldn't use it for jitterbugs. So during that time, you can buy some that have a plastic lip that didn't hold up, but they're kind of a collector's item and uh, reminiscent of, of those war times. Wow, that is a great find. I saw it on the Fish Nerds Facebook group. Great condition. And yeah, one of the things that makes them such a collector's treasure is the fact that a lot of them, the, the lip cracked or broke off and and people got rid of them so to find one of that greatest shape and i love the finish on that one that kind of sunburst gorgeous bait yeah re re really beautiful all right this has been john crappie hippie king and tim tacklebox beat with a report on z-man lures and some looks into tim's latest vintage pickings we'll have to do this again sometime and soon my man all right thanks john to tie to the end of my line Lure love Can't I make you see Alright, so what do you think of that? Are you, you going to go out and get you some of these? I, I am going to get me some because, uh, John, I love microplastics. They're Nothing fun. makes me happier than microplastics in every body of water we have. I like it in my well, drinking water. I'm just kidding. Yo, oh, <laughs> uh, I see. <laughs> Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. No, 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 but fishing with small plastics for panfish, and I'm going to trap them through the ice for early season uh, brook trout uh, as we get an ice fishing season. So I'm a, I love it. Well, you know, I'm a natural materials hardcore. I, I yeah. still, in spite of my love of Z Man and all that, I still 90% of the time I'm going to be using a feather jig or a hair jig or something like that. But there's just so much to love about these little baits, and I really am you know, placing Z-Man at the top of my list because it seems the most environmentally friendly between them and the Berkeley Gulp and Gulf Alive series. These are companies that are trying to, you know, get plastics to be less of a footprint in the environment. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it is no lie. I, I took these out and just, especially spring when they, the bluegill were on the bed and the crappie were out cruising around and, and picking off a bluegill fry and stuff. I, uh, just had a ball with them and i like i say even the ones that got the tail snipped off they do not go in the trash around here because first of all they work anyway and second of all it gives me a chance to diddle around and see if i can't uh fix them up a little bit with my vice and my thread and all my tinsel and feathers and good stuff so it'll make myself a hybrid bait out of them is what i'm saying that's perfect now has this is kind of a side question, because I emailed Z-Man years ago when they first dropped out, the, when the Ned series became really popular. And I asked them if they were going to come out with lead-free Ned heads. And they were like very quick to say, oh, nope, not doing that. Have they come around on the, on the lead issue? No, they have not. They have okay. not. They well, were just as quick to say, we're not, we're not exploring that. And um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll I, see. But well, I understand lead-free lead right now. We're pushing up. I mean, when I first started coming on the show in 16 we were only two percent of the market now we're five and change mm -hmm. pushing on up so it's going to keep growing well, especially did you you know these lawsuits yeah uh, they, they just sued the living hell out of the paint people for having uh lead paint and knowing how dangerous it was to kids and selling it anyway mm -hmm. and california just took 350 million dollars out of their butts for mm -hmm. uh, selling it there and if you know soon somebody's going to turn around and sue water gremlin or somebody and well, what's going to happen is some state's going to look at all the loons or whatever animals are dying and that's clear yeah. there's a clear path to the lead fishing industry and then sue them and right. i'm not saying they should i'm think i think the company should do it voluntarily i'd much rather have voluntary p 
people do the right thing instead of regulation do it. I, but I'll take either one. But I like well, Z-Man, I, but I wish they would get on board with that. I want to put a little pressure on them to to get in the game, in the lead-free game, because it's they can, well, they can I, do well with know, it. I I think the time will come, and I think it's going to come faster than you think. That's all I'm saying is the, the lead awareness, it, you know, environmental awareness. You know, we've got a lot of pushing and shoving. And when that in the in the world right now, politically, and, and so it heightens people's awareness. You know, they kind of... Uh, or sympathetic about environmental issues but now it's really with climate change and and the fact that we have no pure water left basically on earth anymore except for some very rare environments that does not have microplastics or something else or mercury or both or whatever we're hitting yeah yeah we're hitting a, a a point of no return a point of you know how much you know how much of the stuff you're willing to put up with and so i anticipate the lead free market to grow and i think when z-man can see that it's a good investment and maybe if they can come across a guy or a person that is good at handling lead-free materials and can tell them how to source lead-free materials that makes sense in their uh, business plan and in their profit picture then uh, they'll be glad to change but right now in a pure analysis it's probably not in a strict cold business way it's just not a good decision for them but not yet i'm working to make it a good decision not for them yet. here someday all right well good thank you john and I don't want to beat up on Z-Man. Lots of companies need to get on board. No, with they're not. And no, I like their, yeah, they're fine. So, Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, like I said, the actual plastics, on the other hand. Um, one thing about Z-Man, they're perfectly transparent. You know, when we said, hey, they're biodegradable, right? They're like, no, it's not really, you know, biodegradable. They, they do degrade. But he goes, our main thing is that we last 10 to 20 times longer, so you're going to be putting less crap in the water. And so they don't inflate their contribution but they they don't back off it they're 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 just pretty upfront bunch of right. bunch of folks so pretty cool well thank you Z, all man. right all right moving forward john moving forward moving on the trains going what's next well you remember back in 2020 mm-hmm. right as the pandemic was getting rolling i had ah, the good old days john the good old days when we used to have our little uh zoom parties and yeah. all that stuff um i had i tried to have that feature called uh, local legends mm-hmm. and you were pushing to get more diversity on the show. And I'd been following this person on Instagram and, uh, I reached out to her. She's a nice fisher of uh, men's talent and just a wonderful person. Anyway, I was just learning to be a correspondent. So when you, I, I interviewed her, she said, great, I want to be on the show. And when I interviewed her, <laughs> I turned in almost an hour and a half worth of material. And yep. we, had, <laughs> we had to spread it over three shows. So we, we ended up spreading about, Oh, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And then a big one, like 40 minutes. Yep. Um, and, uh, anyway, Anna on ice is her name. Anna Lessishin is who she was then. And she's gone through some changes and, I just had to get back with her. We needed to catch up with Anna, don't you think? I think so. Find out what she's been up to. Exactly. And she's been up to a lot, young man. So sit tight, everybody, and listen to this wonderful conversation that I had with friend of the pod, Anna on ice. Hello, Fish Nerd Nation. I am so excited because today in Glasswater Angling Studios, I have a young lady who was actually on the show early in 2020. She is someone I met through Instagram. I had seen this woman posting these great fishing pictures, mostly ice fishing pictures, uh, some extreme ice fishing pictures. And I thought, my goodness, now Clay wants me to get more women on the pod. This was early in my correspondent days, and I wanted to do what the boss wanted me to do. So I reached out to this person, and we did this 
this big, huge interview. We had to split it into three parts. We had so much darn fun, but we had a lot of fun getting her on the show early in 2020. She is an ice fishing authority. She has also been involved with outdoor television, and she is a gear model for DSG Outerwear, designed by women for women. Now, when I first met her, she was on a Leshishin, but now she's on a Brady. Please join me as we catch up with Anna on Ice. Yeah, we've got we've got kind of a, a history. We've kind of got a history role. I was going to say you said 2020. I was going to say you were probably one of my very first followers ever, John. Yeah, well, I was. I was. Yeah, I was amongst your earlies. That's for sure. And then I went over to research you, and that's how I got to know Angie Scott. And uh, basically, yeah. all kinds of good things came out of it. But uh, we sure had a lot of fun putting that together because it was a gigantic interview that I had to split over three episodes. Oh my uh, gosh. That's yeah, right. it was great. So, all right. So first thing I'm going to do here is play a little bit from 2020. Uh, we're, I was talking to Anna about her plans for the future in terms of matrimony. And here's what she had to say. Uh, what about family goals? You know, family goals. Are, <laughs> what, what does that look like? You know, I feel like I got a lot of time left, so I'm I'm just going to keep doing me. I'm just going to keep, you know, fishing my life away and if uh, you know, if I if I decide to settle down with a with a guy that can keep up with me, then uh <laughs> <laughs> then that that might be in the cards, but uh um, you know, I like I said, I'm sure having a family one day and and you know, kind of laying some roots here in Minnesota are, are definitely definitely in my cards. Um in the future, but boy, I got a lot of fishing. I want to get done before then. So. All right on it. Well, from looking at your Instagram feed, I see that, uh, you finally found a guy that could keep up with you. <laughs> yeah. I would say probably not even a, not even a, a month after, uh, that call <laughs> we, we, uh, um, yeah, you must have manifested it into into you know fruition there, John. So yeah, no, I am happily I'm happily married um, to my husband Ben. I actually, uh, funny enough, I I've known Ben since the third grade. I actually ended up marrying my best friend's brother. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, that is yeah. sweet. I tell you, I am just crazy about this kind of stuff. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> love to hear stories about how people got together and all that. Yes, and we're actually in, in over ice fishing. Uh, funny enough, um, no, I you know we we joke that um, you know we always we always kind of um, you know thought each other thought fancied each other, but it, to me he was always off limits. He was my uh, my best friend's brother, so I you know never really uh, neither one of us ever really kind of made a move. But um, we used to do go on an ice fishing trip. Um, so his sister, my best friend's name is Lauren. Um, and her husband, uh, the four of us would do an ice fishing trip every year. And, uh, in 2020, uh, that same trip that January, uh, Lauren and Andrew's dog was with them and got sick, like super sick. He's fine now, but they had to drive him to an emergency vet. So it was just Ben and I, and that actually opened the opportunity for us to, um, yeah, to build a, build onto an actual relationship together. So here we are now in 2023 and we're married and we have a beautiful eight month old boy. Well, I'll be darned. I'll tell you what, thank you <laughs> dog for your timely illness. I'm glad you recovered yes. completely, but it all worked out, uh, in the ripples of life that gave Anna and Ben some one-on-one -on -one time 
in <laughs> a very um, relaxed, uh, very fun atmosphere called fishing, which is a great place to make a buddy and apparently a great place to meet a life partner as well. That's fantastic. I love that story. Yes, we we uh, we all we often say to their dog Knox. We're always like, "Hey, Knox, we appreciate that you know you took one for the team and you got sick and <laughs> 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 you had to you had to leave." And it was what was actually even uh, even cooler and pretty special. We the place we actually got married was on the very same lake. Um, the venue was on the lake that we were um, fishing. So a year and a half later, we got married in the same spot. So it was pretty. Oh. Pretty full circle. Oh my goodness, that is so fun! I tell you, I just can't stand it when it go, goes so great and goes so right, and things all fall together like that. What a romantic way to tie the knot and to come back to where the spark happened in the first place! Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, now speaking of Frederick, Freddie, yes. cutest, cutest, cutest little fella I ever did see. I'm telling you, here's a little thing you had to say about, uh, or I had to say, I think I was kind of teasing you about, well, once you got married, did you plan on starting a family? And uh, this is what we were talking about back then. I, I just keep having this strange mental picture of you going into labor on the ice. <laughs> Nicole's screaming, come on, Anna, come on. And you're like, fish on flasher, fish on flasher. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, Can't leave I'm hooked yet. up. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I just have the baby on the ice. I'll, yeah, yeah. Go well. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the the views, the views, it would go viral for sure. Exactly. Oh, it's too funny. Okay, so unless you decided to keep it some sort of secret and just not put it on Instagram, you did manage to have your child not on the ice while fishing. <laughs> you did manage to, to get to proper facilities and 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 give birth in a in a more stable, controlled environment. Correct. Yes, surprisingly. And he was he was born at the very end of December. So I would have had the opportunity, you know, <laughs> to have him on on the ice. But no, you know, we went the we we played the safe route. And uh, no, I, I did have him at the hospital. And <laughs> well. um, he, he has yet to be on the ice, but that will change very soon here uh, with winter on the corner. So I'm excited to, um, to get him out here on the ice out here in Idaho. So well, it's going to be great because I can just see that sweet little head peeping up out of your DSG wear as you uh, <laughs> jig for some of those gigantic yellow perch that you've been catching. Yes. Now, it's kind of funny to me that both you and your good buddy, Nicole, who is, is one of your top fishing buddies, uh, yes. both decided to cross the uh, parental line right around the same time. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, we did. Yes, it was... Uh... And she actually, she didn't, um, she didn't tell people for a while, you know, well, neither one of us did, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, she had her daughter, uh, in the middle of October and yeah, we had Freddie at the end of December. So we, and now we joke, it's like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're right around the same age. One day, maybe we can, we can set them up. <laughs> it would be a dream come true for Nicole and I. Well, that would be, that would just be fabulous if they could become fishing buddies and, and go out and be friends and, and all that. And, um, I think there's a good chance of that happening. I really, really do. Okay. So big changes, big changes. We talked a lot when I talked to you in 2020, we talked a lot about your career ambitions and your ideas and, you know, where were you going long run, planning on staying with this fishing, planning on having a career in fishing. Tell us how things have changed or how you've modified your vision or, or how you've added to it or however you want to express this. But 
talk about what you're doing now and, and what you plan to be doing in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, um, yeah, it was fun to listen back on in our previous conversation, and I, I, I was, re- I'm really thankful that I got to take, you know, those few years and really just immerse myself in, you know, the fishing world and industry, particularly ice fishing. From a career standpoint, it was fabulous. And then, as you know, uh, yeah, big changes. Huh, that's an understatement. So, you know, I think even in that po- our previous podcast, I was talking about, you know, wanting to, you know, s- lay roots in Minnesota. But my my husband Ben's job actually brought us out to had had a great opportunity in Idaho. So um, we are in the Boise metro, and you know that kind of presented some challenges with my career, but it, it was ultimately a blessing in disguise because I'll be honest with you, um, anybody who's full-time, uh, and Nicole would attest to this if she was on here, but any, you know, if you are full-time in that industry, it's it's a grind. I learned really quickly there's no such thing as kind of separating your your professional and personal life. Um, it was <laughs> your your full-time you know, all the time. And, uh, and there was a lot of travel involved, which I really enjoyed um, for those years that, um, you know, I was able to do it and before we moved and everything. And uh, it was, it was a, definitely a grind, but it was something I'm, a, an opportunity I was really thankful for. But going back to just kind of having a nine to five and splitting fishing as my passion versus my profession. You know, you ask anybody who turns their passion into profession and there's kind of a fine line you dance on where something that you love becomes, you know, a job. <laughs> so hey, um, you're, you're preaching to the choir right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might know a thing or two about that. So yeah, so I actually, I, I found a, um, I have a great nine to five job that has a ton of flexibility. I work from home and um, I'm I'm really in charge of my own schedule, so I I, I work in marketing, so it's it's great because I kind of get to still dabble in a lot of what I learned from working in the industry, but I can now have kind of that separation that I really almost forgot about in those years that I was immersed in um you know the fishing world career. So I'm I'm thankful because it's like oh I get to enjoy fishing for fishing again. <laughs> and it, I get to do the fun stuff where I get to do um you know I get to do the social media aspect uh which you and I you know bond over quite a bit. So um it's it's really panned out to be exactly where I want it to be. And you know now now that I'm not nine months pregnant and you know about to give birth in, in the middle of my favorite season. I'm literally looking forward to, <laughs> to this, this upcoming ice season. I've got some really fun trips planned and yeah, it's, it's been great exploring that in a whole entirely new state on top of it. Well, yeah, we'll get into some comparisons between your old home and your new home, but I'm really am excited for you because you, you start a family and your priorities have to change. And Absolutely. it's great that you can tailor a situation to help you do both things to the max, as we used to say back in the seventies to the max. And, uh, you can enjoy your fishing now. Um, it kind of reminds me of my daughter, you know, she's an artist, but she never wanted to be just a professional artist all, you know, depending on that for income and so forth. You know, she'd rather have the freedom of ideas and the freedom of separation and keep her art kind of over there. And it, it's great that Freddie's going to have a mom that can hang out and a dad that can hang out and is not pressed to travel and is not pressed to uh, make these hard decisions. So I'm really, 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 really happy for you and glad to see you're making it work. That is fantastic. 
Thank you, John. Yes. No, the balance is, um, like you said, it, it definitely, your priorities shift and you need that balance. You need to be able to kind of have a, yeah, you know, your, your family life, your home life and, you know, not traveling like, you know, a wild banshee, like I was <laughs> in the past was, uh, you know, that that's a challenge whether with or without, you know, if you have a family, it, it's challenging. So I'm, I'm very grateful that, um, it's all, it's all worked out and that I have a partner who, values it just as much as I do that we still get to pursue our passions while, you know, growing a family together. It, it is just, it's just wonderful. It, it's an amazing story. And I'm so glad you agreed to come on and talk to us about that and uh, how it's all, you know, coming together for you. I'm always glad to hear we need good news, especially now. And you'll get back to that, that stuff that we talked about the, the saltwater fishing. And oh, yeah. actually it's probably pretty good. Your idea about going back to Ukraine for a while and, and doing some professional ice fishing there or some competitive ice fishing there. Maybe it's a good thing that that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Given the, the current circumstances, yeah, it, it might be a little while for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think that one's going to go on hold irregardless. So let's do, when you said you were moving to Idaho, I was like, well, it's cold up there. They got ice up there. Uh, I think she'll be all right. They, I don't think they got near as many lakes as Minnesota, though. So how's things going with your Idaho fishing versus Minnesota? What What are your regrets about not being back in your old home? But what are the bonuses for being in your new home? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's there's pros and cons, you know, of, of course, with any big move like that. But it was it was funny when we when Ben got the opportunity presented um, for his his company to move us out here, you know, right away, I was like, Oh my gosh, I was like, if you know, Boise was one of the options and Lake Cascade, which is just about an hour north of the Boise metro area uh, has been on my bucket list since forever. Lake Cascade is home to the world record yellow perch. And if you've seen pictures of them, it's they're, I mean, they're almost too, they're, they're almost mutants. <laughs> They are. They almost, I'm glad. I'm glad you said it first because I was just like, these <laughs> are not normal yellow perch from this planet. I've I've not don't have wide experience with yellow perch. A uh, few people are playing around stocking them in ponds in Kansas, but not many. And of course, I saw your Minnesota perch. I got to go yellow perch fishing with Clay and enjoy the heck out of that species. But these things are like red fins, you know, in Europe yes. or something. They are bananas big just crazy big perch i'm not surprised the world records from there no they are yeah they it's an I, so they had been on my I list for a long time just because anybody who's deep into the ice fishing world knows what knows all about lake cascade perch and so i was super excited by you know the opportunity so we ended up um yeah we ended up falling in love with with the area and um it's just been such a fun last two winters getting to explore that body of water. Um, it's got a super cool history behind how that population came to be. And yeah, we've gotten to catch a, a bunch of new species to, you know, I've, I've gotten to, I've caught, I caught my first pike minnow, was not familiar with that <laughs> species right. at all. Um, was, you know, only, you know, heard about it a few times. I've gotten to, got to pull several different species of trout through the ice, which has been super fun. Um, mountain whitefish are existed in that lake. So it's, it's just been really, really cool um, to explore that body of water. Very, you know, mountain lakes are very different from what we're used to in the Midwest. Um, weather and snowpack plays a big role in 
you know, fishing conditions. So unlike in the Midwest where, you know, a lot of people have fish houses and permanents or skid shacks, that's, that is not a thing out here. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of almost impossible because if you had anything kind of permanent or semi-permanent out there, you know, you run the risk of it <laughs> snowing two feet on top of you and you're never seeing, you know, your, your shelter again, kind of a thing. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a kind of a wild ride getting to learn all about it, but, and there's, there's lots of other um, bodies of water too, that I've yet to even explore. I mean, I, like I said, I've only, we've only been out here for two winters and one of those, I had a brand new newborn. So this winter will be um, another super exciting exploration time for me. So I'm I'm very excited that there's two other big lakes here that I'm just itching to get on um, some safe ice. So got to check some more species off my list. Wow, it just sounds super fantastic. So those those mountain lakes they're awful awful deep compared to say glacial lakes or I mean um, you know rolling prairie lakes, glacial formed uh, lakes um, in Minnesota pretty cool stuff and and i knew you'd be getting into the trout fishing out there that's uh sounds fantastic yeah it's almost impossible not to i mean it it's it's for sure i mean even just culturally in a fishing from a fishing standpoint it's so different out here trout is king um in the west when it comes to just kind of the community around fishing it's it's definitely yeah i mean everybody just really really is uh very attracted to the trout fishing out here. You know, obviously fly fishing is huge. So it's been really cool to kind of embark on all those new species, but also, you know, get to catch them through the ice has been super cool. I mean, we've definitely caught some in the rivers and open water, but yeah, you know, you know me. <laughs> I do know <laughs> you. Through the ice is ideal. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is your jam. That is your way to get it done. I was going to ask you, you know, if you've been tempted to pick up that old fly rod and try some of those streams in the, uh, open water season. Yes. Yeah. We actually, um, I, I, I grew up doing a little bit of fly fishing. I was really, I mean, I was really young, you know, cause I grew up in Duluth, Minnesota. There's a lot of great fly fishing opportunities up the North and South shore, uh, of Lake Superior. So, you know, it, it's definitely not like riding a bike. You don't get to pick up where you're left off. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I had a lot of learning curve to to kind of reestablish but both Ben and I last last summer um do did a lot of camping so we got to explore lots of new trout streams and rivers and lakes and kind of yeah it's been really fun to kind of start cutting our teeth with fly fishing too well you got my envy I read a lot of John Gearock and he talks about going to Idaho for the great fly fishing the famous famous rivers there and to catch those native western cutthroats on my bucket list and i don't like saying bucket list or using that popular term very much but getting a cutthroat is something i really really want to do have you got one yet i have not and that's actually my my first order of business because one of the very first lakes to freeze and you're probably maybe you're familiar with it but it's called henry's lake and that is one of the, if I'm not mistaken, it's the pre-spawning lake that connects to the Yellowstone River, where a whole bunch of the native cutthroats kind of originate. And it is one of the very first lakes in Idaho to freeze over. Um, so anybody, you know, who likes ice fish out here, you know, it's kind of a countdown. Um, some people in the past have even been on the ice and Henry's catching huge cutthroats. I mean, huge cutthroats as soon as Halloween. 
So that oh. was a couple years a couple years ago, people were out there at the end of October catching cutthroats through the ice, which is just crazy. So you you and me both, John, I'm I'm very, very excited to catch catch that species. Well, they are something gorgeous. And I'm glad to see the trend now is to protect them and to quit just yes. stocking the non-native trout willy-nilly just because everybody everywhere wants everything and i can understand that impulse to an extent i know when i was young i was like you need to bring smallmouth to kansas and you need to do this you need to do that and of course i've gone a complete 180 on that i want to see the cutthroat uh, protected i want to see mississippi drainage protected and our species protected um you know we don't need to have everything everywhere all the time and uh sounds like that's a pretty pure fishery because if the cuts are getting that big that must mean they're having the lion's share of the food and you well you know i'm gonna be there girl on instagram to see you when you pull that first cutty <laughs> through the ice i'm gonna be there you might get it maybe maybe i'll send you a preview before i post it so you can be the, in the exclusive club of seeing it first oh well that would make <laughs> me feel special but so exciting just so exciting all righty so i love you're modeling for DSG outerwear, the outerwear for women designed by women. You were still modeling that stuff when you were pregnant. It looked like it fit really nice that you were very comfortable in it. You want to talk about DSG for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's been so cool to see uh, just how back when I, so Nicole and I laugh about it because back when we first started fishing together, even before we even knew each other, I mean, all we ever did was wear men's smalls because there's no there was no such thing as adequate ice fishing or outerwear for us ladies i mean nobody was making it there was a couple brands that were dabbling in it but basically they were just kind of taking cookie cutter sizes of men's stuff and just like shortening the sleeves or shortening the pant legs and it was just never a good fit you know so it was really cool to see brands like dsg kind of come to the table and be like you know we we want to make functional gear that's not just taking men's stuff and shrinking it and turn, you know, making it pink. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. What they were doing, you know, a lot of those brands were doing. So um, yeah, it's been, I, the, the brand has just exploded and it's, I think it's, if it's been, it's been almost like a, a, a double whammy. It's like, if you build it, they'll come kind of a thing. It's like, you have this right gear and all of a sudden we've seen just this huge surge of popularity in girls getting out enjoying the sport uh independently you know not just you know oh i grew up in an ice fishing family sort of a deal it's like no there's girls who are who are embarking on getting into the sport getting into both open water and ice fishing because finally they feel you know like they have gear that's comfortable for them so it's been really fun to be a part of the the dsg family for the last few years you know i've, I've made a lot of really great friends that you know, have just contacted me about the gear and then we start talking fishing and um, yeah, I've got to meet up with girls from all over the place that um, have been involved with the brand. So it's, it's been a really, really fun to be a part of that. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And I'll tell you, you are such a great ambassador. DSG is, is lucky to have you. What, what I hear on uh, woman angler and adventurer and Angie's podcast, Angie Scott, is that women that are into this design are just like men that design outdoor clothes, do it for men. And like you say, it's, you, you can't call it a woman's wear when you just downsize man's wear, men's wear. You've got to understand that a woman might get pregnant. 
Yeah. And she might be a lot bigger and, <laughs> and have curves that go a different way for a while. And then she's going to go back to pretty much the way she was until it goes through another life change of some sort. So recognizing that we're curvy in different places, that we've got different needs as far as comfort on the ice, being able to go to the bathroom, being able to attend to whatever personal hygiene we need to attend to. A woman designer is going to be more in tune with that, I think. And DSG seems to uh, understand that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't have said it better. It's it's uh, women's gear that is, you know, designed by and for women. You know, you can't you can't get more straightforward in, in terms of adequate functionality than that. Um, and it's it's just, you know, what's what I think is really cool, too, uh, about that brand is from the get go, they have a you know, we we have like kind of an open water team of girls and a um, ice fishing team of girls and a hunting team of girls. And us as a team, we're completely involved from from start to finish in the design, which what other brands are still doing that? You know, there there really aren't, um, you know, and they're sending out, you know, even just test runs for some of us the season before to test it out and give critical feedback of like, okay, I think this works well, this doesn't work well, let's let's swap this out for this kind of a thing. And it's just like, man, I, I have not encountered that, you know, with a lot of most brands are just like, nope, we, we placed an order, like it is what it is. But getting to be a part of um, the design aspect and knowing that it's been kind of tried and tried and true test field tested is, is, you know, you can't, you can't beat that. Well, it sounds logical. It sounds like something that makes sense. I'll tell you one thing. My wife just loves you, loves your attitude, because you are not afraid to talk about comfort. She says, you know, John, you guys go out there and just seem to hunt up misery. You just seem to want to be miserable. A fine and pleasant misery is what you're after. Uh, you're out getting wet. You're out getting cold. You're out in the wind. You're out doing this or that. But I told her all about how you will do the most insane things on the ice where she says 60 below. No way I could get that. But I, I say she gears up for it. She does not want to be uncomfortable. She does not want to be miserable. She does not want to tell stories about how she got froze to the, to the uh, ice drill. And it's great that we have women that aren't afraid to say, look, I don't want to be miserable. Is that a problem? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and those of us that, you know, had experienced the, you know, who were dumb enough to experience all the, <laughs> the, you know, the, the uncomfortableness and, um, you know, before any of those things were, you know, possible, like, if you look at all the technology advances, I mean, look at how nice even like the, you know, different, the ice fishing hubs and the shacks that are out there now. I mean, oh my gosh, those things were not in existence 15, 20 years ago. We all just used to be sitting on a plastic bucket, freezing our butts off, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wearing, wearing way too many layers. And, you know, it's just, it's changed. And I think that's, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, I think the, you know, having gear that people can enjoy the outdoor sport, the, these outdoor sports, comfortably it cha it's a game changer it, it allows people who are you know not not the the weekend warriors well, <laughs> it they, allows people you know to to be able to enjoy it. yes you want people to be comfortable when it comes down to the clothes you got to be able to move around your your boots have to fit and things like that and it's not um wrong to say so and to say hey make me something comfortable that actually fits me so good job dsg outerwear Oh, also one thing I wanted to mention, we keep talking about Nicole, like everybody knows who she is. 
It's Nicole from Nicole Stone Outdoors. She was also on Fish Nerds talking about walleye and what walleye can see color-wise and so forth. And we had a lot of fun with that interview. And I may have to run her down and ask her a lot of the same questions I've been asking you. But anyway, what is your big aspiration? Okay, you want to get out with Freddie and Ben, and you want to do the family thing and all that. But let's say 10 years from now, Freddie's 10 years old. You're 10 years down the road. You've You've got some, you've got some mad money. You've got some things going on. Where do you, where do you want to go? What do you want to be doing? Ooh, that's a good one. You get, you always got the good questions, John. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to, I, I, I think, you know, as any parent, and you can probably attest to this, you want to be able to provide your, your kids this, you know, the opportunities that maybe you didn't get to have, you know, that you really wanted to as a kid. Ben and I talk about it all the time. It's like, Growing up in in the Midwest, we we had a lot of stuff at our fingertips, but, you know, being able to hunt and fish in kind of these new dream locations that we, you know, like I said, as as kids kind of dreamed about, it's like, oh my gosh, we live here now. And being able to, you know, bring our kids along on those kinds of experiences will be just priceless. You know, I think that there's, there's a lot of things that we've accomplished in the last five, six years and gotten to see some see and do some really cool stuff. And it's like, oh, I look at, I look at some of the experiences I've had in the last, in that short time frame. I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to, you know, show this to my child and get them out in the outdoors the way that I kind of dreamed of at, at that age. So um, that's definitely a huge aspiration for me. And still having that, you know, still having that balance. Um, you know, I, I know that Freddie and any future kids that we have, it's um, the outdoors are going to be a giant part of our lifestyle. It's going to be really cool to prioritize that for them and um, even for us to explore some new stuff and have them in tow. Well, I am going to be watching close and going to stay with this as long as God willing, I can hang around here on this earth. I want to see Freddie and his first trip to Canada. I want to see Freddie get back to where mama's from in that Minnesota water. And then hopefully he'll go with you when you go out there to catch the mahi mahi and some of those things that you've been wanting to do before he came along. Well, now you get to share it with him. And it's going to be wonderful to see what kind of fishing he zeroes in on. Cause we just did a thing about how younger you start, the more likely you are to stick with it for the all your life. And boy, did that young man land in the great place. Super, super cool. Well, Anna, let's see. You were on Fish Nerds 239, uh, Fish Nerds 240, and Fish Nerds 247. So, folks, if you want to catch up with my interviews from the old days with Anna Lesseshin, now Anna Brady. All right, I, I got to do it. I got to picture it. I'm tell, I, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. I'm picturing the Brady Bunch going to Canada. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I, I think that might be it. I think that might be in our future. <laughs> I think it will be too, but I, I just couldn't get away from it. I apologize. All right. Well, Anna, if you don't have anything else you want to say or want to talk about, I could sit here and talk all day, but by golly, the remaining time is winding down. So final word. No, I just, I, I appreciate the opportunity, John, to catch up. I mean, it's, I, I, I just laughed kind of listening back on those, those older uh, episodes. It's like, oh, just so much has changed. It's is amazing it how much can change in a really short time frame. It is really, really is amazing, but that's what's so beautiful about being young and alive and, and finding your, your true love and leaving your heart open to experience and having the flexibility and the courage to make changes and having the self-understanding to be able to pick it up and run with it. 
Well, anyway, I'm just bubbling over here with hearts and happiness for you. And we wish you all the best from the fish nerds. Thank you so much, John. I'll uh, I'll definitely keep you up to speed. Just be watching, be watching for some more of those uh, mega perch perch uh, pictures because they'll be coming soon. Oh, and one last thing. I do know where Idaho is and you still owe me a fishing trip. So don't be surprised. Hey, you're, you're it, open, open invitation. If you want to hit Henry's Lake, we, we can go, we can go embark on the, the cutthroat adventure together. <laughs> All righty. Wow. Wow. That sounds fantastic. All righty. Well, listen, you take care of yourself and we will talk to you soon. Sounds good, John. Thank you so much. All right, so wasn't that everything you want out of a story? I mean, it has romance, it has family, and most of all, it has fishing in it. All right, I think I mean, it's terrific. Yeah, I and, mean, and it's glad I'm glad cute. to hear she's doing so well too. Yeah, it it's it is really great that she is able to. Uh, the reason I did it is that you know life doesn't end just because you you know your fishing life doesn't end just because you start a family. You yes, just it have does, to John. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, it ends because you decide to go pro. That's when it ends. That's but, when it uh, ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You get to sit and watch people catch fish, uh-huh. um, or hopefully, and I get to sit and make their bugs for them. But uh, oh. all of a sudden, my fishing time has been cut into something fierce, unless I'm testing. Um, but it, it's it's just it's just amazing uh, that that all the things that she's been able to do, and and it's great for her to get to talk about you know how to rearrange her priorities, but she still loves fishing she's still passionate about it she just as far as you know as a profession she's kind of had to go at a slower pace kind of backburnering it a little bit but still whether she approaches her goals as a professional or she just approaches them as a dedicated uh amateur regular fisher i can see that that she's gonna take her family and go 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 and as little freddie grows up he is going to be blessed with a pair of parents they're going to just have him outdoors all, all the time yeah, these kids live in their best life. They have no idea. So it'll be really good. <laughs> so, it will be really good. John, you just remind this is uh, we're done with Anna now. I got uh, you just reminded me of a story I want to tell. Okay. You were talking about how I watched people catch fish all day. Yes. Right? So I'm gonna tell you about I went I guided yesterday and I was guiding on Osby Lake, which is in New Hampshire here. It's one of our big lakes. And the clients who wanted to come out were hardcore bass guys. And I always do my worst fishing with anglers who are hardcore, whatever kind of anglers they are. I'm great with kids, with families, new anglers. But these guys came out, uh, super nice guys. Uh, and they wanted to be picked up at the dock. They were staying at 6 a.m. So I got there on time. I have all the, you know, I, I fish simply, John. I'm a bass guy, and my fish for bass, it's Senkos. That's all I use. <laughs> I don't even think about it. Just put a Senko on the hook and cast out and catch bass. And uh, these guys are like, nope, we're not using Senkos. They unrolled this pack of fishing lures of these they're like nine inches long they're huge hand carved wooden fishing lures they cost a few hundred dollars a piece that's what they wanted to throw wow so the big swim bait game that's awesome (laughs) oh yeah really awesome and they look cool in the water and uh they they fished about an hour and a half didn't catch anything i said you guys mind if i make a cast i made one cast john and a bass jumped out of the water over my over my Senko, and I hooked a big pickerel who broke off at the boat. So I, <laughs> I had two hits on the one cast. I didn't touch the rod the rest of the day because <laughs> I didn't want to be the only one catching fish. That was the only fish we saw the whole day was my on that one cast I did. <laughs> Total skunk well, day. Total skunk. 
I hate well, I hate getting skunked as a guide. Yeah, I know you hate getting skunked as a guy, yeah. but they were out for big bass yep. using the big baits, and yep. it's it's a lot like musky fishing. We've talked about on the show a number of times. I mean, you're going to use a big bait. You might only get one or two strikes all day, and you might get none. Yeah, the nice about using a big bait, though, is it feels like most of the fish I usually catch. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're huge. I, I can't even imagine throwing those things. I'd be afraid of my knot. I don't trust my fishing knots enough for a $300 lure. Exactly. <laughs> I don't tie a three hundred dollar knot. <laughs> I, I tie a, I tie a dollar twenty five knot. That's, that's my budget, especially with clients. Holy smokes! Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, yes, man. Yes. But man, it, 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 it. Anyone, any guide who are listening right now, if they've ever taken clients out and got skunk, they know how bad that feels. Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. It's terrible. And you know you're never getting a call back from them. So. <laughs> Well, one yeah. never knows. One never knows. It, you do never know because uh, I know that you've had other people I say have. it was just super fun anyway. We go back a few episodes. We don't have to look far to find that's true along that line. I forget things, John, because I'm getting so sad. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm in my depression, I can't even remember my own oh, name. Oh, poor me. All right. Indeed, but anyway, I got indeed. paid to go fishing. So there's worse ways to spend a day. And it was a great weather, too. All right, John, can we talk about National Podcast Posting Month? Are we talking about Napod Pomo National Podcasting Posting Month? Yeah, Napod Pomo. And it's coming up in November, which your probably listeners are like, what? November? It's only September, right? But plan ahead. We have to That's fill right. So National Podcast Posting Month, every single day for the month of November, I, we want to put out a podcast. We want to have 30 shows in 30 days. And last year we failed because I had giant computer issues. So we didn't get through the whole month. I had... My computer completely burned down on me. Year before, I think for two years before, we were able to fulfill that. We that did it. Goal. We sure as heck did it, yes. And the way we do it is by having help. And the people who are helping are you, the listener. Uh, we need you to help us. So, John, you, you kind of pitched the idea this year. What's the idea? Well, you let me pick the idea this year. I said, hey, can we do pet peeves? Because I think everybody's got a pet peeve in fishing. Um, there's a a uh, youtube channel called brandon's fishing or something like that anyway brandon's pet you don't like peeves. brandon he's your pet peeve no i i, I love brandon <laughs> or brendan. brendan 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 anyway his his videos that get six and seven figure views are all him doing his pet peeves it's it's a great topic i think and you you said heck yes let's do it so yeah. i'm excited about it well you know it's, this is fun but it's a fun topic because you can be really serious and have pet peeves about litter and microplastics or you can have right. pet peeves about people like the way they hold their fishing reels. And you can, you can really rant sure. and have a good time right. with it. And we're looking for listeners to call in and give us a pet peeve, but give us some, some seasoning on it. Give us a rant. Give us, make us laugh a little bit. Make us think. Make us cringe. But hit us with it. And the way you do it is super easy. All you've got to do is call us. The phone number That's is right. easy. It's 607-378-FISH. It's the Fish Nerds Hotline. It's always there for you anyway. You can call up, drop a message anytime. We'll play it on air. Uh, and we're even allowing people, John, if you run a business and you want to get a free plug on our show, when you leave that message, leave your plug for your business. So you can yeah. say, oh, you know, I'm from Glasswater, England, and whatever. You can say that. And or can... I'm uh, my YouTube channel, Glasswater Water Angling featuring Crappie Hippie. Exactly. Um, what I would tell you when you go, you know, this is another reason I want to give people plenty of heads up. Uh, because, you know, some, you know, not everybody's a couple of ham bones like you and me and just loves being on the air. It, it gets people nervous and 
when you you hear it's right after death is one of the scariest things is doing public speaking but um to submit a peeve all you got to do is pretend you're talking to your friends talking to your family talking to your buddies and just think about what you want to submit you want to submit something on litter bugs or inconsiderate boaters or people that ooch in on you or whatever it is you think about it practice it a little bit get comfortable like i say just chill talk clearly just like you're telling a story to somebody that you think will enjoy it uh and of course yeah you can call the fish nerds hotline or you can use your phone your little recording attachment on your phone your recording app on your phone and then email the file to either clay at fishnerds.com or crappie hippie at glasswaterangling.com you can send audio files either place um and even or another very convenient way is you can go to fishnerds.com and there's a nice little microphone icon there and you get all ready and you take your deep breath and you've practiced a couple of times. You just hit that icon and by gosh, you can record it right there and it'll come right to us, Easy. but you gotta give us some information about yourself, no matter how you lay it down, no matter what you say. And we'll edit it out. We won't share your address on the come info. on the podcast. <laughs> no, we will not share just your address your on the podcast. Your name, what email. state you're from. Yeah. Right. That's just at the minimum. We just need a first name, a region, or a state where you're reporting from. But you want to get into it and say, you know, I'm Betsy Smith, and I have an Etsy channel where I sell uh, oven mitts designed with fish designs and uh, this is what well, I was out at Lake Charlie and I, this happened to me. Someone knocked me off the dam into the water and then asked me if I got wet. Um, <laughs> we can get, you know, we can get that, that specific, or we can be that, that, uh, uh, vague, but we got to be able to get, you know, if you want us to get hold of you again, we got to have a way how, and I'll tell you anyone who submits an email will automatically go into a drawing pool for glasswater angling, fishing tackle, and any other prizes we have laying around that we want to get out. So we always have listeners get in on this every year, but I would like to have more. I mean, we, Tim and I put out quite a few a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some great listener submissions, but gosh darn it, you folks are this program. You're the reason we do this. Uh, one of the great things about podcasting is, is we can all get in on it. You know, we can sure. get the audience in on it along with us. Um, uh, we've got to, uh, make 30 of these mini shows. So please help us out and look, you know, think about it, get some peeve, practice what you want to say about them and then send us a segment. If John, you would. wouldn't it be cool if you and I never even got a chance to share our pet peeves because so many listeners had to share theirs. That would be great. And I'll tell you, another that's a thing. dream for me. Yeah. That would be a dream for, yep. for, for both of us. Yes. To, to really get that sort of reaction and don't worry, don't be like, Oh, uh, we're, we're down to the 25th and I don't, you know, I, I might as well not submit one because they probably have enough. First of all, you don't know whether we have enough or not. And I don't care if we get a hundred, we can double up. Turned. Yeah. We'll either double up or we'll just keep using them on the show till we get them all aired. You yeah. send us in a piece that's listenable and we will definitely share it. We will not, uh, we will not discard it. We will not, uh, circle file it. We will definitely get it on the show sometime. Easy as that. So yeah, please dad, we'll remind you more as we get closer to November, but you can start submitting right now. That'll allow us to plan ahead a little bit, which I don't do. John's a planner. I don't, <laughs> I don't plan at all. I look at the show notes one minute before we go make the show. John's got it planned <laughs> out three weeks in advance. He's like, let's talk about episode 328. I'm like, I don't know what even what, what, when we're on. I have no idea what you're talking about, John. So, 
So you, you, yeah. So get him down ahead. Yeah, we are. We are. We are a pair. Yeah, we are beating that dead horse, John. So anyway, we'll talk more about that later, John. That's we're out of time, buddy. I think we we covered everything. Well, it sounds like they've listened to a couple of fish nerds when they should have been fishing. Yeah, big thank you to Anna on Ice for coming on to uh, Tim Beat. Yeah, for coming back to life to do some lure love with us. Uh, John King, the crappie hippie. Thanks to Wally Pleasant for our theme music. Who else do we have to thank? Oh, Fish in the News, Diana's Bath Salts. Diana's Bath Salts. Missing anybody? Uh, just our families. And, of course, we want to thank our Patreon listeners and Fish Nerd Nation for bringing your ears right on in here and letting us fill them up with fishing stuff. And I'll tell you, folks, if you want to help us grow the show, Tell your friends about the show because word of mouth is the most powerful form of advertising there is. And also, if you would like to leave us a wonderful review, that gives us a lot of cred with the analytics and all that kind of stuff and gives us more legitimacy. So if you want to do those things, you want to help grow the show, please don't hold back. Help us grow this show. Yeah, we could use it. And we've been doing it a long time. So until next time, John, follow the code of the fish nerds. Spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. I think we did it, John. I think we did it. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. Just for the hell of it. Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan. Eat it raw like you're in Siam. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. Um, you mentioned fly fishing. They have one called the, the uh, larvae Z. And it looks like, you know, a little larvae. But the amazing thing is it's one and three quarters inches long. Half of that is the thinnest thing you've ever seen. I think you could fly fish with this very easily and it's a soft bait. And I know some purists would say, oh, you know, we're not going to do that, but um, it's almost so small that you can't fish it with a jig head because of the body, but it's so durable at the same time. And that comes in some great colors too. I mean, that larvae is something I want to definitely try out when I head east. Um, I don't care. I, I'm I'm impure. I'm totally impure in so many ways. I mean, we could make a podcast about it. So I'm I'm not I'm not afraid to fish a plastic on a fly rod, baby. I'm not afraid yeah. to put that in front of a rainbow or a brookie or a brown, and because I know they're gonna scarf it right up. This is the Fly Angling Purity Authority. I repeat, the Fly Angling Purity Authority Enforcement Division. We have information that you intend to fish a plastic on a fly rod. This is not allowed. I repeat, the Fly Angling Purity Authority. We are coming to confiscate all of your fly tying and fly fishing equipment. I repeat, be prepared to be detained and all of your equipment taken from you. I'm telling you, getting away from the Fly Angling Purity Enforcement people ain't gonna bother me none because my friend Nick dug me an escape tunnel. All I gotta do is open the trap door and hear a note. Hey, bro, we went fishing instead? I owe you one escape tunnel? Love, Nick.